Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Welcome to Crossroads Church. Glad that you could be here with us, whether that's online in, in your homes or wherever you're watching from or whether you're here in person. Today I'm going to be speaking to you from the book of Acts in the New Testament. It's about halfway through the book, and it's, it's the story of um, where Paul... The, the convert to Christianity who was once a, a persecutor of Christians, he's in the city of Athens. Athens is one of the, the most continuously populated cities in the world. It's, it can trace its history back some 5,000 years. And so Paul is, is on this trek and on this journey of taking the gospel around the Roman world, primarily to the Gentiles. That was his calling. This is who he was taking the gospel to. And And so we're going to pick this story up in Acts chapter 17, verse 16. The Bible says that that while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who had happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to dispute with him. Some of them asked, What is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating for foreign gods. And they said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. And then they took him and brought him to the meeting of the the Areopagus, where they said to him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we want to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. And so Paul is in Athens, and he is not only in the synagogue, but he's also in the marketplace. So I thought that was, it was one of those things when I'm, when I'm reading Scripture, I'm like, oh, that, one, that, thing, that, that point jumped out at me. He wasn't just in the church. He was also in the marketplace sharing the, uh, the message, the good news about Jesus and that there is life and there's resurrection in him. And, and so, so he's there. He's sharing with the, the Athenians. And, and the Athenians were known for, for, for dialogue and the debate and philosophy. And it was nothing for them to gather around and just talk about the latest ideas. But the Bible says in verse 16 that he was distressed. He was stricken. He was quickened. Other words that are used for that, that word by what he saw that was happening in Athens. Now, this is common. This would have been common in Greece that they would have been worshiping all different kinds of gods. In fact, you can look on movies nowadays, movies that are being produced right now, and you're seeing Greek mythology coming back and and, and being kind of put back into the forefront. And so this city was was no stranger to to whether it was... uh, philosophy and, and debate and, and, and idols and, and, and Greek gods. I mean, this was, this was typical. But Paul's there, and he was distressed by what he saw in the city. And, and as I was thinking about that, I thought, well, I mean, he's visiting this city, and he quickly picks up on the idea that, that they're into all of this. But yet you and I, we live in our cities year after year after year, and, and I wonder if sometimes we get synthesized to the idea that, oh, that's just how my city is. My city is, uh, is known for this, or these are the problems of my city, and eh, that's just the way it is. 
But the scripture says he, he went into that city and he was broken for what he saw because he, he saw that they, they weren't understanding who the God of the universe was. They, they didn't have a relationship with him because they had all these other relationships with, with idols and, and, and false gods. And he was distressed and he was broken about it. And, and, and I wonder how much we're broken about our cities. Or do we just get used to it? Because we've been there day after day after day. The Athenians had been there day after day and they just kind of got used to it. Kind of what happens. We, we get into a rut. We get into a, uh, a routine and it's just, well, that's the way it is. How do I fix it? Well, the Bible says that he starts sharing with them, and it says he shares with them the good news about Jesus and the resurrection and how this message brings hope and life to not only the Gentiles, but Jews alike. And it was, it was a message for the whole world if they would put their faith in him. And so he, he had been transformed by this good news, and he wanted them to be transformed by this good news. Well, they called him a babbler, but they also were, were okay with new debate and new argument this was common for their, for their area, as I said. In fact, in verse 20, it says, you're bringing some strange ideas to our ears, they said. And wouldn't it be cool if, if, if we were known as bringers of strange ideas? See, see this area in Athens, they were known for this kind of, of conversation and, and, and for talking and thinking about the latest ideas. And we're not much different in our society, though I think the, the, the mode and the, the medium is different. People are using uh, all kinds of, of social media, whether it's Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram. Um, they're, they're communi- people are communicating on all different kinds of ideas. In fact, we've got so many people who are chiming in on what they think of whatever, whether it's a restaurant or a war in a far-off land. People are speaking their minds on many subjects. So we're not too far removed from the Athenians and what's going on. I think we're at a prime time to be, to be considered bringers of strange ideas. See, I think we're, we're living in a time that there's so many ideas and so many teachings that are out there that people have forgotten the teaching of Christ. Even in a, in a, in a Christianized nation such as the United States, we've become the center for the rest of the world to come to where all these ideas have now entered into our culture and our society. And so when he brings, when Paul brings this strange idea about Jesus, it would probably be received similarly uh, or maybe even worse if we were to be more aggressive, not only in church, but in the marketplace of our everyday lives, talking about the good news that's found in Christ and the resurrection. What would people think about you if in your office or your job you started talking about the resurrection or the good news that's in Jesus? Would they consider you or brand you as a bringer of strange ideas? Or would they just call you strange, uh, irrelevant, or annoying? The Bible says that Paul got their ear. In fact, it says in verse 22, it says, so Paul then stood up in the meeting at the Areopagus and said, men of Athens, I see that in every way you're religious. Now, what's interesting is they took him to the Areopagus, and this was this hill or this rock area, and it was, it was an area where, where they would, would counsel and meet, but it was an honor of the god that they worshiped, one of the gods that they worshiped, Ares, the god of war. 
And so think about this. Paul is taken to this very privileged place, not privileged, maybe it's the wrong word, but this very historic place where debate and arguments are settled. And it's named after the God of war. And, and, and I'm thinking, he's getting ready to defend the faith there on the hill named after a false god, a fake god. And, and, and that's what God's called of us. When we bring this and we take this strange idea of Jesus to the world, there is going to be a battle and a defense of the faith. But God's going to open up doors where we will tread on the enemy's ground. He, 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 he doesn't just fight, though, uh, argumentatively, or, or, or he doesn't lose control. In fact, the Scripture says that, that he is very wise. He starts to know his context very quickly. It, it says that, that he walked, look at verse 23. For as I walked around, I looked carefully at your objects of worship. I even found an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. Now, what you worship as something unknown, I'm going to proclaim to you. So he walked around, he saw all these idols. He even said to them when he's debating on this, on this hill, um, dedicated to the God of war, he said, he said, I can see that you are a very religious people. He could see that they were searching for spiritual things, though they were, they were wrong. But he didn't start by saying, you're wrong. You're lost. You don't get it. He started by knowing the context that these people were spiritual. In, in a sense, they were religious. He was also wise in how he presented what he presented. But he, he, he came upon this altar that was dedicated to an unknown God. And he said, let me tell you about the unknown God. He, he uses that as a common ground. Uh, he uses that as an opportunity uh, to present the full picture of this strange idea that he had. We'll start reading at verse, now I'm going to keep going at verse 24. The Bible says, the God who made, so when he sees this unknown God, he says, let me tell you about this altar that you've made to the unknown God. Let me tell you about this unknown God. He, he says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. And does not live in temples built by hands. He, he, he says, let me tell you about this unknown God. And, and he sets the stage by saying, oh, by the way, this unknown God that you, you kind of halfway are worshiping, he's the God over all things. In fact, he's the one that created the heavens and the earth. And, and, and he starts putting, it, put, putting God in order over all things. And, and so this is creating this new framework for this society or for, or for these people who are listening to it. Because um, they've been taught that there are all these different gods and, and they would battle. Ares was the god of war, but then you got Zeus and you got all these others that they would talk about. And there was conflict and it was almost like this dysfunctional family if you look at Greek mythology. And, and, and so you might have somebody here worshiping this one and someone here worshiping that one. How do you know what to worship? And Paul says, let me tell you about the unknown God, the God that I want to make known to you. Maybe you think it's a strange idea. Maybe you, you, you think this doesn't make sense, but let me tell you about him. And so he says this, and in verse 25 he says, and he is not served by human hands. In other words, he, he doesn't live in a temple, he's not, and he isn't made by human hands. 
He's not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives men life and breath and everything else. So he speaks to the Athenians and he says, yes, you've got all these gods, but let me tell you about the unknown God. He gave you breath. You have life in him. Let's keep going. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them in the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your, your own poets have said. We are his offspring. So the strange idea that, that Paul presents to the Athenians is, I see that you're religious, but let me tell you about the unknown God, the God that, that gives you breath. He's not found in a temple. He, doesn't, he isn't made by hands. He, he, he doesn't live in, I like that, he doesn't live in the church. Is God in the church? Yes. But that's not where he is. And, and, and Paul even started, or the passage here in Acts chapter 17 even started, says he's, he's sharing in the synagogue a place of worship, the good news about Jesus, but he's also doing it in the marketplace. If we're going to be bringers of strange ideas, if we're going to be the ones who will bring the good news of Jesus to the world or take it to the world, we've got to know that it's not just in the building. We've got to figure out how to get the message out into the marketplace because there are people who are desperately in need of knowing who to worship. Now, now you might think that's a strange idea. What does it matter if so-and-so worships that God or that person worships that God? The Bible says that Paul was deeply distressed because he understood the consequences of following the wrong gods. He understood the consequences, the eternity, the eternal consequences of not knowing the Lord as your Lord and Savior, as, your, as the one who is the creator of all things. Even verse 27 says, he, God did all of this, and though he's not far, he, he did this so that we would reach for him and we'd look for him. Verse 28 says, for in him we live and move and have our being. We have a purpose and a life in Christ or in God through Christ. And so, Though someone might have a different God that they worship, they're missing out on the fulfilled life, the abundant life, the promise for life, to, for, for life everlasting. I want to keep reading. I want to finish this out because I want you to see how it kind of all ends in this passage. Verse 39 says, Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by man's design and skill. In other words, you can't make a God and say, okay, that's a divine God. No, we were made in God's image. We are his children. Verse 30, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands people everywhere to repent. This is the word of the Lord. This is a strange idea, I think, in our society. Repentance. God has called us to repent. And, and I think the church has been, been given a, a bad rap. I'm like, wow, there are a bunch of, bunch of sinners in that place. Yes, yes, we are. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, and, and God says, you, you can get your life and your purpose and your meaning through me. And this, one of these strange ideas for the Athenians was repentance. I think it's a strange idea in our culture, in our marketplace and unfortunately, I think it's, a, it's becoming a strange teaching, even in the church, that we're to repent. 
The Bible says confess your sins because he's faithful and just to forgive you. We're all to confess. When he quickens our hearts, before we're ever going to have a heart that's quickened and distressed over our cities and other people, we've got to have a heart that's sensitive to our own sins and our own distractions and our own idols. And we've got to repent. Verse 30 says, In the past God overlooked such ignorance, but now everywhere people need to repent. Verse 31, For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice and by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by, the raise, by raising him from the dead. Speaking about Jesus. Look at what happens in verse 32. It says, When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. And after that, Paul left the council. And a few men became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was Dionysus, a member of the Areopagus, also a woman named Damar, Damar, Damaris, or Damaris, and a number of others. The, the scripture says that Paul takes this, this strange new idea. On, on top of this rock or on this place where people had been celebrating the God of war. And when he walks off, there are people who walk with him and are now journeying with Jesus. Because he was a bringer of strange ideas. The strange ideas of, of the good news, of the resurrection, of repentance, of the unknown God who wants to be known. He wants us to get to know him. Some people will sneer. Some people will make fun. Some, there will be a battle for these ideas. But there are going to be others, even, like even the ones who didn't follow, they said, we'd like to hear more on the subject. We've got to be the bringer of strange ideas into the marketplace, into the world. The good news about Jesus needs to be told by us because of what he is doing in us. Would you pray? God, I thank you for your word and, and how your word convicts and transforms and changes. And I thank you for the challenge you've given us to take what might seem as a strange idea to the world. You've told us to take it to those people so that they can have, a, have an opportunity to get to know you. Lord, would you use us? Would we be your representatives? Would we be like Paul to you? even on the enemy's turf? And would the world see that you are the God that is above all things, the creator of the heavens and the earth? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church.